morning, everyone, and uh, welcome again to our Sunday morning service. Uh, we're so glad that everyone's here today, and so happy to have you joining with us, uh, joining us online. It's a beautiful day here in, in Canada, in, in Mississauga. It's nice and warm, good sunshine, and we are planning to have a wonderful service uh, to match the weather. How is that? Um, after uh, we've prayed today, we'll go into some beautiful songs, worship, and we encourage everyone to join in. If you know the words, then feel free to join us. If you don't know, we have a flash up that will help you uh, to, uh, to see the words. And it's important. The worship is very important. If we lose the worship, uh, it's very slim chance that we'll understand everything else in the, the rest of the service. Let's not miss out on the worship. Um, before I pray, we want to remember those that are not well today. Um, Sister Phillips is not well. And I think Sister uh, Dolores is not well. We want to pray for those uh, saints and everyone else that's not feeling well. We want to pray that the Lord would be merciful and reach down by his hand of healing and touch them wherever they are. And those that are having problems also, troubles and, uh, and, uh, and uh, difficulties, we want to pray that the Lord would make a way for them. And important, uh, we want to pray, but very important, we want to pray that the Lord give us a great service today. Touch our pastor like he's always done before. Inspire him to preach the word of God, which is designed to help us uh, to become better individuals. So at this time, why don't you join with me in prayer? Ask God's blessing on our service. Father, we thank you today for this wonderful opportunity that we can talk to you. Lord, you have never failed us. We have seen your hand upon our lives. We've seen your hand helping your people and making a way for them uh, for the past years. And Lord, today we commit our service into your hand. Father, remember everyone that's listening, uh, those of us that are here today and those of us that are joining us online. We pray that you will reach down by your power and your spirit and touch their minds and their hearts, oh God, and help them to understand your word and to live by the principles that you want them to. Lord, remember those that are not well today, as Sister Phillips and Sister Dolores and every other one of your children around the world. We pray that you'll be merciful. And Lord, let your healing power reach down. There's absolutely no distance in prayer. And so we believe you today, Father, that you'll do a work in the hearts of your people. We ask that you'll encourage those that are discouraged at this time, strengthen those that are weak, Oh, God, give us a great service today, we pray. Come into our future in your hands. In Jesus' most precious and wonderful name we ask it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.
While we remain standing, uh, we want to remember Sister Phillips in prayer. She's not well. We want to pray that God will touch her and strengthen her and work his complete will in her life. Father, we give you thanks for the privilege you've given to us that we can pray. Lord, we believe there's no distance nor limit in prayer and your power. Today we bring this child of yours that's been faithful over the many years to this assembly. Lord, she's up in age and God only you know what the future holds. But at this point in time we pray that you'll strengthen her faith. Strengthen her body, Father. Lord, heal her mind and her spirit and her body, we ask, Father. Let your will be accomplished in her life, Father, we pray. Oh God, we pray that you'll illuminate her mind today and encourage her heart. Let there be a spirit of encouragement placed on her, Father. And even at this time, we pray for everyone in her household, that you will touch everyone, Father. We pray for every child of God in this assembly and around the world that's not well, that you will show mercy on your people and let your healing virtues flow, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's be seated. We have been touching important subjects recently. Um, as a matter of fact, everything we talked about, talk about, is, is absolutely important. I find it a pleasure listening to the Word of God. And if you don't have a way to listen to the Word of God, I'll tell you how you can do that. You have a cell phone. Um, you can download a free app called Spotify. And uh, when you have that free app called Spotify, you put a, go into the search mode and find My Gospel by Desmond R. Singh, and it'll bring up a whole list of messages, and you can scroll down from one end to the other. I get edified when I listen to the messages over, because one of the things that I have experienced in my own life, I, don't, I scarcely prepare a message. Uh, for over 35 to 40 years, I have not prepared a message and studied a message and bring it up to you. I get up and I trust God to touch my mind and to bring thoughts into my mind that would be necessary for the people in the congregation present in the congregation to get a message. I would like the Lord to speak to his people and if he can use my mouth sometimes to do that i appreciate it and the lord i know that he touches my mind and he helps me but god has been good to us and over these past uh, couple of years we have received a lot of messages as a matter of fact when i look at the uh, behind those little uh, book stands there in the back there's uh, a lot of cassette tapes that we don't use anymore and very soon I'll just put all of those in a box and send them to the recycle place or whoever takes cassettes because they're so outdated. Uh, godliness remains the same and sin becomes a little more subtle 
And because sin out in the world is more subtle, you and I in the church ought to be wise to the subtlety of the devil and the devices of the devil. We should recognize that not because the society cannot distinguish between who is a man and who is a woman should the church come under that influence. Uh, we need to identify what the Bible identifies. And we need to call sin, sin. We don't need to be presumptuous. We're living in an age where we're not sure where we are going. And we have got this, I'm listening, uh, listening to the uh, news this morning about uh, what's going on in, in uh, Russia and U Ukraine. And I uh, was trying to see what the, um, the Israeli prime minister, what kind of conference he had with the Russian uh, president, right? They met, but I don't know what they discussed. And um, I'm curious because we don't know what's happening ahead of us. If I tell it next month is going to be Armageddon, I'll be misrepresenting what God is doing. I do not want to misrepresent God. And because of that, I prefer not to really go into a lot of commentaries and see what Matthew Henry says or Strong's has to say. I prefer to find out, get my mind open and find out what the Spirit of God says. Uh, because in this Bible, uh, Jesus never made it easy to understand the gospel he preached. He spoke in parables that only those whose minds God had touched would understand what he's saying. He told his disciples, he says, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, the Pharisees, the elite of that time, it was not given. And as I'm looking at the scriptures, and there's so much I have to tell you, um, I'm looking at a scripture in Revelation uh, recently, where it tells us about the seat of Satan being in uh, the body of Christ 2,000 years ago. See, we said the body of Christ today, and we feel there's no Satan among us. We just said, Satan, I rebuke, and he's running. You got to be kidding. Uh, the devil has a job to do. He has a responsibility to do, and his job is to undermine the progress of the church. He would try his best to undermine what the church should really accomplish. And that's his job. And yet, he cannot be misunderstood or ridiculed. Uh, Jude, when Jude was writing, he says, when, the, when Michael the archangel stood before the devil, he did not bring before him a railing accusation. But Michael, who is, the, I believe, the military name for Jesus, when he stood before the devil, he told the devil, he says, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. He did not even rebuke him himself. He says, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. And he addressed the, the devil like a dignitary because he has a job to do. And you and I, uh, without the devil, we'll never have overcomers being produced. Now, if you want to be a pawn in the hand of the devil, that's a decision you have to make. You can blame him for doing his job if you're subjecting yourself to your carnal desires. 
Uh, families are rare in, in the work of God. And if the devil wants to accomplish anything uh, to destroy the church, it's undermine families. Uh, families are important. Yes, and that is why it is important to understand that. It is hard when a child is born out of wedlock. When a child is born out of wedlock, they have a harder time. This is not what the Bible says. This is what I'm saying, and I've seen this happen over years. It's a harder, it's a harder uh, job to penetrate the heart of someone born out of wedlock uh, to get them saved. And you and I that are depraved from the time we were born, we have traits in our lives and uh, they are embedded uh, roots of bitterness that we were probably, that were passed on to us by our parents and our ancestors. And as we draw closer to the end of the age, the temple must be measured, the altar must be measured, and them that worship therein must be measured. And John the Apostle is having this vision in the 11th chapter of Revelation. And John, his vocabulary in that time was limited to what the language was in that time. There were terminologies that if I mentioned to John, if I go back there and mention him, say cell phone, he wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. His vocabulary was limited, and so whatever he had to write and visions that he had to see, God made it in such a way that he could write down what he sees in a vision, and he didn't see it all at one time. He saw one vision at a time. So when you're looking at one vision at a time, the people reading what you're putting down can run with a conclusion that one vision is an event followed by another event, when really and truly it might be events that are parallel to each other. And so you've got to understand what John's responsibility was when he saw horse riders, uh, four, four horsemen of Revelation. Uh, he, he saw one that was riding, and then he described that one. He saw a second one. If all four came out at one time, uh, he could not be able to distinguish and describe them adequately. And so you and I today, the Spirit of God that touched John to write, must touch our minds to decipher what John was writing. And I'm trusting God that when I stand to preach the Word of God, it is what God places in my mouth. I'm not superior to anybody. I've got problems in my life that God has to save me from. But I'm glad this Bible is an example. Uh, here in Revelation 11 chapter, John is given a reed like unto a rod, a measuring rod. And the Lord is telling, the angel is telling John, he says, rise and measure three things. One, it's the temple. Second is the altar. And third, it's the people. In other words, measure the temple, which is symbolic to the church. Measure the sacrifices that are demanded from the church, the altar. And then measure the saints that are attending that church and see if they can come up to the standard that God wants. So when I'm thinking, what would God want? 
it is important that a church be conducted the way God wants. Yes, now you and I might be coming from a background where we got church in our own little way. We are to do what we feel God wants us to do. So the preacher must pray and seek after God and get a direction and be led by God. And uh, someone will say, well, you know, I was there when Jesus says, go not to the Gentiles. He told his disciples, he says, go not into the cities of the Gentiles, but only go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Somebody heard Jesus said that. Did Jesus say that? Yes. Did Jesus say that? Yes. I'm trying again. Did Jesus say that, Christians? Yes. If Jehovah's Witnesses were here, they'll answer. Because they read their Bible. The children of God need to read their Bible a little more and listen to the messages and write notes. Are you listening to me? Because this will save you in the future. If you only powder up and come to church and dress up and come to church and got to wear expensive suit, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting your heart open up to the Word of God. Now Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, he says, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into the villages of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but only go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, if you were there and you heard that, he says, why? Well, praise God. You know, I'm, Gentiles are damned. Well, if you live long enough to be in, in Peter's day when he went out on the housetop of Joppa and God gave him a vision about how the Gentiles would receive the word of God and the Spirit of God directed Peter to go to the house of the Gentile whose name was Cornelius, you would want to condemn Peter and says, you missed it, brother. Jesus said so. Well, I'll tell you what. What is said in one age does not mean it can roll over and become the law of the second age. Yesterday's truth becomes the foundation we stand on. Yesterday's truth becomes today's foundation. But today we must build walls to deal with the evil that exists today. To save us. And today's truth becomes tomorrow's foundation. Because I don't know how evil will proceed. If the Lord does not re return. What will happen tomorrow? Evil is subtle. And it's progressive. There was a time when you look at the. When you commit adultery. And scripture says thou shalt not commit adultery. That was physically committing adultery. By the time it came to Jesus' day, he says, you look at a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery. So sin had changed, and the word of God had changed to correspond with a message that will, with the evil, so it can save God's people from that evil. So there was a time when literal adultery was committed. When by the time he came to Jesus, he says, don't even look at a woman to lust after her. You have committed adultery in your heart. By the time Jesus was gone and James wrote, he says, friendship with the world is adultery. You, he says, you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you, don't you know that friendship with the world is adultery? Is, and you make you an enemy with God? 
And so adultery has moved on. Well, we're not 2,000 years ago listening to James. <coughs> we are today. You don't have to be in friend with the world, literally. You turn your television on and you can commit all kinds of sin with that television going on right in your living room. Popcorn in hand, sandwiches and coke, sit down there and you're sinning in your living room. It is not easy to produce an overcomer today. And that is why we need to pray that God will take away man's measurement and give us a divine measurement that we can govern the church. Power will not be given to the two witnesses if we've got man's measurement. The temple cannot be measured with man's measurement. I don't care who the man's name is. We must seek after God and find out what God wants us to do today. So the temple, the temple with the way we worship, the way we conduct church, the way we set up church must be according to God's standards, not man's. You hear? Okay. And so when we understand that, now someone would say, well, you know, my ancestors, you know, I'm coming from a lot of churches. I'm looking at where I'm coming from. I got saved when I was 12 years old and got water baptized. When I was, when I was, as a matter of fact, when I was a baby, they sprinkled me in the Anglican church. When I was a little boy going up, they sprinkled me and I got sprinkled. They call it baptism in the Anglican church. When I was 12 years, I got, um, uh, no, when I joined the church of God, I got water baptized by my pastor in a trench. You know, like a little stream, they got water baptized. That's baptism number two. When I became a Pentecostal at the age of 12, I went up and found out that you can give your heart and life to Jesus. I did. I got baptized the third time. Baptism does not save water baptism. It's a declaration to the world that I am a part of what I'm involved with. Then I came and found Gospel Assembly Church and found out that this was called the body of Christ. Did I need a water baptism? I said, yes, I do. Uh, all that stuff I had in the past, let it stand. I got baptized again. Did it save me? Well, I need more than duck going into the water and coming out to save me. I need the Holy Ghost baptism. The baptism of fire I also need. That will start to cleanse and purge me. Now, if the church is, fails in creating an environment that is a protective environment for the production of the bride of Christ and overcomers, then I'm in a place that will not save me. When the church operates on a footloose and fancy free operation, I will not be converted. So it is important before the Lord can give power to the two witnesses, the temple must be measured according to God's standard, not man's standard. It would be a great thing. And so today, that John says, he was given, it says, measure the temple. 
They measure the altar, the kind of demands that is made on the people that are attending that church. I preach discipleship. That's the message I preach. I don't preach a soft Pentecostal social gospel. I am Pentecostal. I'm not the wild kind of Pentecostal. I believe by the time all of these areas are measured, the temple, the altar, and them that worship therein, when you walk into a church that has all of these requirements fulfilled in that church, you will come into a place that has a majestic form of worship. Amen. That's what I believe. I believe this great king that sits in the heavens, this majesty that sits in the heaven, would want, I would like a band. I'd like, as soon as we can bring in some instruments. What instrument do you play, Sister Joyce? Clarinet and Sister... Uh, you gotta, we gotta get off that guitar when they, they, we re, you, you've got a trombone, a saxophone. You know, we gotta bring back some instruments in, and we can use all our instruments to play majestic music. I believe when the temple is measured, the altar is measured, and them that worship therein is measured, I'm not seeing people wiggling. I'm seeing people majestically serving the king. Amen. I heard they're going to have a caravana. Um, the people can't wait for the restrictions to be lifted so they can have gay pride parade and caravana and all these other festivities. And some saints can't wait for the music to come back so that we can have a gospel assembly caravana. I'm telling you up front, I preach discipleship. The more flesh there is in a worship service, as the more demons are attracted in that service, and it's less uh, the Spirit of God can accomplish any spiritual development. There's coming a time when the temple must be measured. That means the band is measured, the worship is measured, the sacrifices of the people who are coming to the altar, the altar must be measured. In other words, you've got to put your life on the altar of sacrifices. You can't serve God at your convenience. You have to serve God according to the demands of his word. And I'm looking forward for that time when I can teach you how you can conduct yourself in the house of God and eventually conduct yourself in the kingdom of God where princely and princesses are developed for the coming kingdom. If you're to rule and reign, it's not on a voodoo throne. It's a king that's a great king govern us, governing us. And I want to see individuals developed uh, Paul made a statement. It looks like Nebuchadnezzar would have to wait for a little bit. But Paul made a statement and help me, brothers. He says, uh, I think it's in Galatians. Uh, he made a statement. He says in chapter 4 of Galatians. And there we go. I've got a little, some scriptures put down here. But it uh, looks like we're not getting into that today. He said in Galatians chapter 4. Now I say, verse 1, that the ear, the one that will sit on a throne... 
the one that is ready to govern in the coming kingdom or a literal throne uh, we don't have literal thrones here in Canada but in England they have a queen that's forever sitting on that throne but uh, there's a monarch as uh, a monarchy uh, there's a, a system where a king and a queen can operate in that on that throne when a prince is growing up and he is the heir to inherit that throne he can be a joker he can be a loser he can be an immoral individual bring that brings disgrace to the monarchy if he's to be an heir then he has to sit and be disciplined I read a little about uh, King James the man who was responsible for the King James Bible the king who was responsible for the production of the King James Bible and that king when he was a kid maybe five or six years old he was taken and placed in a uh, kind of a monastery but he was placed under a tutor but a Terry who studied these things should be able to tell me what the tutor's name was okay who can remember you got a King James Bible in your hand you mean you don't even know who no, that's CNN. Wolf is that guy that's on CNN. <laughs> George Buchanan. Is it George or John? George Buchanan. Uh, who is, was it? A tutor that uh, was there to teach this young prince growing up. He's under a tutor. Uh, you find that? Anybody find that for me? George Buchanan. Who was he? Um the tutor of King James when he was growing up George Buchanan. George Buchanan and when George Buchanan and King James as a young man misbehaved himself he got whipped he got whipped and disciplined he was not allowed to go play with the boys he was an heir to the throne of Scotland so he had to be in discipline to this tutor that he had strict tutor long ago the tutors were real tutors and then one day when he was about 15 or 16 years old he finally had the guts to stand up against his tutor and he says you got to respect me I'm to be the king of Scotland he says I dare not follow your rules anymore but he was already trained he was already taught everything he needed to know he was now taking authority and rising up to fill that position as king. Some of us in the church, we want to rule and reign with Jesus. And we think it start here while you're a hoodlum. Can't happen. For Christ to come back and have 144,000 overcomers, they have to be disciplined. But they can't be disciplined in a social club. Are you listening to me? The church in many dispensations was like a joke. Because if the devil has a job to do, he's undermine the church. And if you undermine every, almost every assembly in the body of Christ 2,000 years ago, we are not infallible and we are not immune to the deceptions of the devil. And if we think we are, we are already deceived.
If you're a joker and you stand and says, I will rule and reign with Jesus. I wouldn't like to tell you what you'll sit on to rule and reign. It's a joke. Let's not live a lie. Let's not live a joke. Let's not make a mockery of what the Bible demands. Hold your finger in Galatians chapter 5 and turn with me to Revelation 14. Got 10 minutes? Oh yeah, we're doing fine here today. And that's how my life goes. And John here in Revelation 14, he saw 140 and 4,000, verse 1, having the Father's name not written on their forehead, it was written in their forehead. I remember he's having symbolisms and visions here, and the Father's nature was written in their forehead. They were thinking like God would think. See, if you're to be in the bride of Christ, it's a different story than just being a person resurrected and going in the kingdom. There are a lot of people, the general harvest will provide people that will enter into the kingdom. But to rule and reign with Christ, to be joint heirs with Christ, to sit on a throne, you need to be disciplined in the church. So if you have a church that's a playhouse... You got a wrong church if you want to be in the bride of Christ. If you just want comfort in the final resurrection, go to the social club. And here it says, they sung. Let me back, go down for the verse 4 because of time. He says, these are they, the 144,000 that had the Father's name written in their forehead. They have come to the place of not making decisions on their own emotions. They are there because the word of God has penetrated their minds while they're in the church and they think like God the Father thinks. They don't misrepresent a situation. And their mouth, let's read it. These are they which were not defiled with women. In other words, they probably were defiled with women at one time, but they were cleansed. The Lord were, was taking people who were defiled with the harlot system of this world and changed them and transformed them and mold them and make them uh, pure and holy that they, when they stood before God, they're not defiled. Not a trace of defilement is in their lives. It means they had a church that they grew up in under spiritual tutors and governors where their desire was to serve God and live for Him. If your pastor is not called, I'm not sure what you can accomplish. So if you pray and ask God, Lord, I'm hoping Brother Singh is called. Because if I'm not called of God, you're doomed sitting and listening to me. And he went on here, said these were not defiled with women. It means that nothing that Babylon has out here is the contaminating influence of society. Starting from the seminary. When you go to seminary that God has not ordained, you're going to get yourself mucked up and defiled.
Because if the teachers in that seminary was not ordained by God, and they don't believe the doctrine right, what makes you think they'll give you the right thing? They'll give you a degree that will damn your soul. There was a time I would read like three books at one time. Now I read the Bible at one time. I listen to three messages and read the Bible. That's what I do. I don't read, I, you know, I, I have my mind, I can't listen to opinions. I have to listen to what the Lord wants me to do. And I have a problem sometimes hearing his voice. But these are not defiled with women because they have come from that harlot system and become virgins. It's a tremendous job to take a prostitute and make a virgin out of that individual. It's a tremendous job to take one that's a harlot and when you're done, John's, uh, Paul says, such are some of you, drunkards and harlots and all kinds of stuff, but some, such are some of you, but you're no longer that. God has cleansed you and washed you with the water and the word of God to present you as a chaste virgin. This is what we're reading about here. Am I close to that yet? Long shot. But I believe in preaching the word of God like we have having here, it here today. It says these follow the lamb. Where they go? They follow grandma. No. They follow tradition. No. They try to find the lamb and follow the lamb. Whithersoever he goeth. They don't follow their carnal nature. They don't follow traditionalism. They don't follow what society does. They follow the Lamb. This process is not easy. It's not an overnight job. Serving God is not just a, a skip and a dance. It's a serious business. And he goes on here. They follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. Today's church hope the Lamb will follow them whithersoever they goeth. We plan and hope the lamb can fit in. I'm changing my opinion on a lot of things. And I hope it's not me just changing it, but the Lord's touching me and helping me to change it. And he goes on here, he says, What wheresoever he goeth, these were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. He says, and in their mouths was found no false doctrine, no misrepresentation of God, no guile whatsoever, for they are without fault before the throne of God. For that to be accomplished, we need the temple to be measured. Temple measured. Then the altar measured, which means the sacrifices preached in that church, is a message like I'm preaching here today. You can't do your own thing and end up in the bride of Christ. You might fall short and end up in the kingdom, which gives you still hope. Being in the kingdom is a wonderful thing. Being in the bride of Christ is a great challenge. That on, that's why it's only 144,000, which is less than 1% of 1% of all the people that lived on this planet over the thousands of years. 144,000 
is less than 1% of 1% over the years when we're talking about billions of people that lived on this planet. It's like a drop in the Atlantic Ocean. This 144,000. It's not easy to produce an overcomer. But I like to preach the gospel that can give people the opportunity who can be produced. You'll be surprised to know if Manasseh made it, you and I can make it. If David made it, you and I can make it. If Solomon made it, you and I can make it. If Moses made it, you and I can make it. The possibilities are there. The obstacle is not the devil. The obstacle is our incompetence and our fallen nature. You've got to overcome him. And he goes on here in the mouth of song, No God for they were without fault before the throne of God. Back in Galatians chapter 4. So when you're planning to rule and reign with Christ. Now the heir as long as he's a child. Like you and I growing up in the church. It differed nothing from a servant. Well I'm going to rule. You don't tell me what to do. You got to think you got to be kidding. When you want to be a ruler. You've got to learn to serve. And you can't serve if you hide from the people. I appreciate Sister, Sister Eunice and Vanessa when church is over and they come and they vacuum this place. You know what you're doing? You're serving. That gives you possibility for the future. When you serve, it gives you possibility. I don't have a problem coming and vacuum the church. I don't have a problem coming up here and playing up the roof like I did twice this week. What you doing? Climbing up the roof. And I was on this one up here and the ladder extended so high that I thought for it, if I get to the end and then the ladder tilts like this, I'm a goner. So then I stood up there and called Brother Joe and he already heard something was going on. So he showed up, I said, stand at the bottom and hold it so I can climb on that little roof. And why are you doing that? You're to rule. No, no, no. You got to serve before you rule. Come on. And I did. when that was done, I came back the other day and moved the ladder over to that side over there. Think I'm finished with it? No. I've got the plumber coming in and I want to make sure that roof is drained of all the water. Why are you doing that? Because I love God and I love the church. That's why I do that. Are you with me? I love God and I love the church. And it's not a talk. It's a walk. And then time is running out on me here. Paul says. He says. But this, this person. He's going to be Lord of all. Later on. Verse 1. Going over again. That the ear. As long as he is a child. Different nothing from a servant. Though he be Lord of all in the future. Oh, so what you're going to do. Be a servant. Before you become a Lord. Learn to serve. Everybody say that. Learn to serve before you become a ruler, my friend. And he goes on here, he says, he's under tutors and governors. That's why when he ascended on high, he gives gifts unto men, some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists to perfect the heirs so they can grow and develop into becoming lords in the coming kingdom. Amen. The Lord has all that is needed. To bring us to maturity.
to help us towards receiving that divine nature. All is available, but what's the point in having the most educated school, the most, uh, the most uh, wonderful academic school, and you don't attend? Who are you going to blame? You know, back in Guyana, you go to school, if you don't pass the exam, in the days I was growing up in, you remain in the class. He didn't pass two years. Listen, they don't even care if you grow a beard in kindergarten. You remain there until you can get a passing grade. In this silly world that we're living in, well, he's too old to stay in that class. No, back in the end, you stay in that class and kids would say going to kindergarten and stone you because you're too old. That's how it is with God. We have the church. We have church on a Saturday at 6.30. We have church on a Sunday at 10 o'clock. We have church on a Wednesday night at 7.30. The school, the academy for producing bright members is always there. But if the students have not access, have not accessed that which God has provided, God is not responsible for your blunder and failure in life. You can't expect to be an overcomer and graduate from anything if you abandon the institution that he calls the church that is designed yes, to save you. Yes, We're under tutors and governors in the church. And I'm a good tutor and I'm a good governor. But I can't force discipleship God has to save you and you can ruin your life and then when it's all over Solomon says then you would says I did not listen to my teachers I did not drink water out of my own cistern but I was busy drinking water from everything else when you had a cistern that offers life choose ye this day whom you will serve. And it goes on here. He says. I'm going to finish this here. He says. But you're on the tutors and governors. Until the time appointed of God the Father. That is. Even so when we were children. We are under the bondage. Under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time come. Jesus came forth. Made of a woman. Made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sonship. And so because your sons. God sent for the spirit of his son. Into your hearts. And you cry father. Father. That is why we're here today. We're here today because we want to develop. As sons of God. And he adopts us. And when the spirit of his son. Gets into our lives. And directs us on a daily basis. We appreciate the institution called the church. And the element that God has raised up in the church to save us. May God help us not to ever take the church for granted. May we have the temple measured. The altar measured. The sacrifices. The demands of discipleship. And when it's over. When we measure you. Your measure to the fullness of the stature of our Lord Jesus. Then you can sit on the throne.
and rule and reign with Christ. Now he's talking to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this time we spent in your house. We thank you, Father, that you have given us and offered us everything we need to develop us into true overcomers. Thank you, Father, for the privilege you've given to us. Help us not to make a mockery of your church, but help us to use this institution that you've designed to save us and to mature us and to bring us into the fullness of the measure of the stature of your Son. Help us, O oh God, to confirm to your demands. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen.